You are now tuned in to another episode of Champagne Problems, a podcast for the righteous and ratchet, bridging the gap between pop culture and self-help. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe, rate, comment, and share this podcast if you like what you hear. Also, follow us on our Instagram page at Champagne Problems. Now pop your bottle and grab your glass. Champagne Problems starts now. tuning in to another episode of Champagne Problems. I am your host, Nico. I am so, 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 so excited about this week's episode. I have been needing an excuse to talk about this person (laughs) for weeks. And finally, I have a reason. Um, If you haven't realized by now, the song that's playing right now is Kelly Rowland's new single called Kelly. Um, and this week's episode topic is going to be built around Kelly Rowland and her new release. Um, kind of how she gets treated in the industry, how she's received by the public. And we're going to talk about a few things about how, you know... You just deal with so much, how people can deal with so much hate and negativity in their lives and all of that. So that's why I titled this episode, Can I Live? Because, you know, that's truly what it is. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. Let's get into this kitchen table talk. Let's get into it, but before we get started, I got so damn excited, I got ahead of myself. Let me start by giving y'all my shameless plugs. 
Make sure y'all follow us if you haven't um, on Instagram at Champagne Problems. My personal page is official underscore Nico. That's official underscore N-I-C-H-O. I am very, very excited. All tonight's music is going to be none other than Kelly Rowland, a playlist I put together of some of my favorite songs. I love me some Kelly Rowland. As y'all know, I love me some Destiny's Child. I have nothing but love and respect for each member, past or present. But I have to say Kelly Rowland is... Ooh. I love them all equally, to be honest with you, but Kelly is very close to being my favorite member. I'll say that. I actually listened to I'll get I'll get to that in a minute. But first let me just start talking about basically she released a new song on Thanksgiving night. It's called Kelly. That was a record that was playing when we first started. I love the cocky, you know, lyrics. I like that she's not being humble. She's just kind of letting you know what it is. I like the whole trap sound. I'm still digging it, even though I know it's a trend that it's a trend right now, but it's just a personal favorite of mine. Um... It's not necessarily a single to me. Don't get don't get me wrong. I don't think it's necessarily a, a great like single. I, I do hope that she release another single like quickly. I hope this is just something that kind of like you know get people going and interested because it's been five years since she's released a song. So I am. I'm assuming, you know, she just kind of wanted to get people excited and get that momentum going. So, I'm happy about that. Um, but, yeah, I just love the confidence. I love... I just... I love everything about it, I will say. I mean, like I said, I would prefer something a little more... I don't know, that showcases vocals a little more. But I understand what kind of we're in that time where not a lot of singers are doing this, so it is what it is. But I also wanted to just get started by talking about how I feel about how people treat Kelly Rowland, the industry, and also the general public. And that was why I titled this episode, Can I Live? Kelly Rowland is one of those people who is very, very successful and very talented, yet she gets treated like she's so second rate or, you know, not quite good enough and, you know, like she has the I and not the T. Uh, And I just think that it's really a shame how she gets treated by the general public and even the industry sometimes and so that was kind of what I wanted to talk about today just about like how people kind of deal with like so much negativity and hate and you just kind of keep pushing through and doing your thing still living your best life 
in spite of the naysayers. We all have people in our lives that count us out, don't believe in us, always have something negative to say, never wishing us well, always treating us like an underdog, so on and so forth. And to me, that's what Kelly Rowland kind of represents in this industry. But she's dealt with it with such class and such grace. And I just, I wanted to celebrate that. I want to start talking, start out talking about her accomplishments. Kelly Rowland is somebody who is quite accomplished as a solo artist. Now, we all know that with Destiny's Child, she has sold, or maybe you don't know, but I'm going to tell you. Uh, with Destiny's Child, actually, uh, Kelly has sold about 60 million records, a little over 60 million records, which, of course, is phenomenal. But what I think a lot of people don't know is that as a solo artist, Kelly Rowland has sold 30 million records. 30. And I did my research. That's more than quite a few artists. Um, let me pull up my list because I wanted to make sure y'all knew. That is more records than Brandy. Monica, Ashanti, Sierra, K. Michelle, Keisha Cole. She sold more records than all of those R&B superstars that a lot of people have shown so much respect for. Those people I named, well, maybe except Sierra, but there's a lot of people that show a lot of respect for a lot of those girls that I mentioned. And hold her to a certain extent, hold them to a, you know, a certain standard rather. And, you know, it's like these great R&B artists and that are successful. And Kelly Rowland has also all of them. Uh, you know, Brandy is a R&B legend and she still hasn't sold as much records as Kelly Rowland as a solo artist. So I think that speaks volumes, right? Just that alone. Um... Also, she she has four Grammys. Of course, three with Destiny's Child. She won one with Nelly for the song Dilemma. Dilemma alone, that single, sold 7.6 million copies and spent weeks at number one, like six or seven weeks at number one on the Billboard charts at the time. It's a smash single. She was the first Destiny's Child member with a number one single um gosh what else she had a big dance record that's also what I love about her that she is international the song When Love Takes Over um with the producer and DJ David Guetta uh When Love Takes Over sold 5.5 million copies and was named uh Billboard named it the best dance pop collaboration of all time so, I know a lot of you R&B heads and hip-hop are probably like, I've never heard that damn song. But, it's a, it is a dance record. But it's a great record. Uh, she's singing down. And, um, she said the song was inspired by Whitney Houston. 
But of course, like I told you, y'all know I love me some Kelly Rowland. Um, I probably love Kelly Rowland so much because a couple reasons. One is because I like the position that she played when she was in the group. Um, I like the fact that she wasn't like the the star, you know, because obviously Beyonce was the lead singer. But I love that she was just such a great support system in that group. She was not a member that was like lost in the group from the very beginning. Even when the other girls, Latoya and Latavia, didn't, they only did backgrounds. Kelly always had like solo parts in the songs and that sort of thing. I think she represents well for uh, people of a darker skin complexion, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, another reason I just I love Kelly Rowland's voice. Uh, her tone is so beautiful. It's so clear and smooth. And she doesn't have to do a whole lot as a singer to sound good. Um, like, I'm not coming for Beyonce in any way because y'all know how I feel about Beyonce. Beyonce has to sort of like jazz everything up. I think vocally she can do all those tricks and whatever, but Kelly can just straight sing something and it's just so beautiful. Uh, I love her tone. Another reason why I think I relate just as an artist and singer, we, I have to be careful how I say this, I'm not comparing myself necessarily to Kelly Rowland or anything, but um, we have similar tones in a way um like i really enjoy singing kelly Rowland songs i sound really well singing kelly Rowland songs and so i think i always kind of related to her on that part but one thing i would say i listen to kelly Rowland records her albums more than i listen to anybody in destiny's child beyonce included um i play her albums more than I play anybody else's albums like she's just one of my favorites my top favorite Kelly Rowland records are this song called oh wait what is this (laughs) what is this song called love again so there's a song called love again it's on like a deluxe version of an album that she had called Miss Kelly um, so a lot of people probably haven't even heard it, but if you haven't, you gotta go check it out. It's a ballad. It's called Love Again. It's so, it's such a great song. She sounds so great on the song. Another song, favorite of mine is a song called Flashback. That's on the Miss Kelly album as well. I love, 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 love that song. And another one of my favorite Kelly Rowland songs is actually off of her last album talk a good game it's called number one i don't know why i like that song so much um because there's nothing deep about it there's nothing you know whatever but i i love that song i think i just like her voice on it and everything but but yeah i love all her songs her albums are always solid um i just love her but like i said the the topic of this show today's episode or whatever um of course can i live it's really just about how some people can just be so negative and full of so much hate that they just will not let somebody live do they think live their best life and kelly Rowland is just such a great example of that because 
she's been nothing but positive in this industry um you know she's been a role model she's done everything with grace and and class yet people hate on this girl so hard i mean it is ridiculous most of it of course is we know is because of the comparison of her and her famous bandmate her lead singer beyonce and it's just so many comparisons that it, it, it's just so unnecessary. Um, but, oh my God, this is a song that I was talking about, Love Again. But anyway, um, yeah, like, I just, it's such a shame that we dog people and always are comparing and most of it is our own meaning other black people which drives me crazy but people drag Kelly and she hasn't done anything to anybody she's not some artist that's not talented or that doesn't deserve success or or anything like that yet she gets dragged just simply by the association of Queen B and it is just absolutely ridiculous um I just really don't understand that. And it just got me thinking about, in general, how we do each other. Like, how people can just be so negative towards people and them living out their dreams and and pursuing their goals. And how we can just always compare them and knock them down and tell them how they're not good enough or they're not good as, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I just think that we have to learn to be smarter than that and not always compare. I mean, sometimes comparison is a bit necessary, but I really believe that quote of, you know, comparison is the killer of joy. And so many people I feel like has tried to knock Kelly down in that way um, and to run her away from music. She could have easily after Destiny Child been like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I I get tired of people, you know, talking shit, not believing in me, labels included, and management included, Beyonce's daddy, which we'll get to. Um, But yeah, like, it's just, it's so unnecessary. But it's just the world that we live in. And... I know people just do... A lot of it is is projection. People just like to project how they feel about themselves um, on other people. And I just know that's one of the big reasons in my part. Okay. Sorry, that is my shit. But, um... Yeah, like, I just, I know a lot of it is projection. I know a lot of people just like to project how they feel about themselves and how they how they think people view them or whatever the case is onto others. And that's unfortunate. And, you know, I think you need a little therapy for that. But it, it's really a shame. Like, it's really a shame how we can be so nasty to other people because nobody deserves that at the end of the day nobody deserves 
the mistreatment and the judgment and the comparisons and all of that and not a fair shot. And I think that's why I get frustrated about how Kelly Rowland is perceived and received in the in the industry and by the general public is that she's not given a fair shot most of the time. I mean, literally, I, I just even with this new record, Kelly, like I was literally reading comments on a few, you know, I told you I love, I'm a comment creeper. I was reading comments literally on like four or five different sites just to see what people were saying. And, you know, I don't go to the biased ones like her YouTube page or official YouTube page or something like that or fan page because, you know, a lot of things are going to be in her favor. So I just go to, you know, different blogs and everything. And it was just amazing to me how every other comment was like, it ain't better than Beyonce. She ain't no Beyonce. Or that sounds like a Beyonce record. It sounds like something that was on the, uh, that uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce gave, that was left over for their joint album and they gave it to her. and Which makes no sense seeing how it, the song is about her and using her name but anyway I'm, you know some people are just not that smart I've come to realize that but um, yeah every other comment was just something negative and I just thought wow like she cannot catch a break I remember even years ago like when Kelly could release a not even a snippet it could be just an announcement that Kelly dropping a new single next week and the entire comment section would be like, bitch, don't nobody care. You're irrelevant. Blah, 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 blah. You'll never be Queen Bee. You're ne-. And I'm like, oh my God, the girl didn't even put out the damn song yet. Like, y'all don't even know how y'all feel. And I love when Motivation dropped because it shut everybody up. Like, Motivation was one of those situations where people was talking shit about Kelly. Motivation dropped everybody like Motivation. I don't know one person that doesn't like that song. I knew people that didn't even know it was Kelly that loved that record. And I think that was the beautiful thing about it. I, I specifically remember being in a barbershop. And one of the bars were like, you know, this song got hard. And I was like, yeah, that's Kelly Rowland. They was like, Destiny's Child? I ain't know she did nothing since, since uh, Dilemma. And I'm like, really? So from 2002 to 2011, you didn't... Okay. But, uh... Yeah, like, everybody liked that record. And I think it just shut everybody up. It showed everybody that she is an artist that can stand on her own. She don't need her group members. She don't, you know, she really is a solid artist. So I, I love that moment. And I'm, her albums are always so solid. She puts out quality work. She can be a little slow sometimes with putting out visuals that accompany the audio. Like, she is somebody that, you know, she'll put out a single and then drop a video six months later. And no one cares anymore. But, you know, let us pray that, you know, this time she has everything lined up. But, yeah, I I just... I think it's just crazy how we are in such a world of negativity and it's become so normal in the culture now I think just with social media and everything like it's just okay to just say whatever the hell you want to say about somebody and just move on like nothing happened 
And um, it also made me think about something that I wanted to talk about that I think happens, of course, in the industry a lot, but not also in the industry, just in life in general. And that's the topic of colorism. So, as I know, you know, Kelly Rowland is a chocolatey Godiva goddess. Uh, (laughs) That was the name given to her by um, Charlamagne the Guy. And a lot of that, a lot comes with that, and I think sometimes it's subliminal. Like a lot of people don't even realize it, but you know, just think about it. Back in the day when you didn't really know everyone's names in Disney Channel, something like that. How did you refer to Kelly Rowland? It was always like, you know, the dark skinned girl, and and Destiny's Child. Um, and that has its benefits, but it definitely has its disadvantages. And as we know, you know, colorism in the industry is crazy. And I know it exists in other cultures of color, but it is probably the most prevalent in African Americans. And for those of you who don't know what colorism is, it's basically, you know, just like the discrimination, uh of someone's complexion and in the african-american community way back on the way back there was this whole thing called the the uh, paper bag test and if you were darker than a brown paper bag you were treated a certain way and this goes back to house slaves and field slaves and whatever so light skin has been sort of praised for a long time and even in Today's culture and the standard of beauty, when you think about when people say name three beautiful black women in entertainment, you immediately go Beyonce, Rihanna, Halle Berry, but like you just rattle off these light-skinned girls' names quickly. Then later comes the, oh, well, you know, Kelly Rowland and Gabrielle Union and Tika Sumter and and those type of girls, they're gorgeous, too. They just have gorgeous chocolate skin. People just always have to go into, like, the chocolate thing. They can't just say, like, they're just gorgeous girls. They always have to make this separate category. Um, And so it's just alive and well. I mean, even in men, you know, think about who the successful R&B black, you know, artists are um, as males. What dark, what chocolate guy do you know that was, that's just like popping? Past or present? You know, Bobby Brown was somebody back in the day that kind of made it that was, that was hot. You know what I mean? But Think about it over the years. The most popular R&B men have been of a lighter complexion. And even it made me think about myself when it came to the artist thing. I've told people many times, there's several reasons why I got to a point as an adult why I would never chase a deal. One, of course, is because, you know, I don't want to be poor. I would like to keep my money and and control over my life. But, um... Another reason is just like being forced into things and being put in boxes and not being appreciated. You know, I would tell people all the time, I make 
the same type of music or at least similar music as so I'm going to use an example so if if I recorded a song any song of mine that I've written I could put it on shuffle with a Chris Brown song August Alsina Trey songs you would not I would not stand out in that shuffle of like oh that's you know that's a local artist or that's a uh whatever that however when you put if you put my picture next to those guys I stand out because why one I'm not six feet tall I'm not buff and I'm not light skinned Think about the, the people over the years. Like I said, it's been Chris Brown and August Alsina and Trey Songs and Usher, who's Usher's not light skinned, but you know, he is of a lighter complexion, like a Neo. Neo's not light skinned either, but he's not a chocolate dude. It's just been over and over and over again. But then there's guys that have suffered. Think about the people like Mario and um, Sammy, who just like he just couldn't really catch a break or. You know, and then the people that are darker complexion that have found success, look at what type of music they sing. Look at Tank and look at Tyrese and those people. They never got a chance to really... Everything had to be sort of like soulful and, and you know, that sort of thing. They couldn't really get contemporary. Tank is just now becoming like somebody who sings like contemporary R&B. Um, and, you know, I just think that Colorism plays a big factor in a lot of that in the standard of beauty or what's considered sexy and what's considered something that's marketable and successful and things like that. Um, you know, think about it like somebody like a Beyonce and the persona that she gives. When have you ever seen a dark-skinned girl have that same persona, that same big diva mentality? You don't see dark-skinned girl. The divas over the years, of course, before Beyonce, have been what, like, a Diana Ross and that sort of thing. Like, it's just, it's the light-skinned thing that happens. And, hell, even Beyonce's no-good-ass daddy, um, he even admitted to how he feels about the whole colorism thing. You know, he said he liked Tina Knowles because she was, she looked like a white woman. And he even admitted to light-skinned artists being the only ones that have been able to cross over and and that sort of thing and so when I thought about that I thought well damn that's what happened with Kelly Rowland when you were managing her ass you didn't really believe in her because she was a dark-skinned girl um so you know his trifle on that like I I respect him for what he's done and what he brought to the table as far as you know Destiny's Child and, and all of that, but he is just such a scumbag. Um, yeah, so like, there's just many things that go into the whole situation with Kelly Rowland. Um, this is one of the other songs I was talking about, number one. But anyway, um, you know, we deal with so much negativity and and hate and all of that, and I think it's important to know that. You just have to keep pushing and not get caught in that because it would drive you crazy. You'll become bitter. 
and no one has time for that. And we've seen that Kelly Rowland has done such an extraordinary job of, of being able to be like, listen, my path is my path. I'm not Beyonce. I'm not trying to be. I'm okay with Kelly. And I think that's very important. A lot of us need to really get to know ourselves and find who we are and all of that jazz. So, Miss Kelly Rowland, I salute you. I love me some Kelly Rowland. I cannot say it enough. Um, yeah, so when we get back, I have a little what had happened was and keep this thing moving. Okay, so let me get into this. What had happened was, so I don't necessarily have a specific story with my what happened was this week, but well, I guess maybe I do. It, it, but it's a couple of things. It reminds me of this topic of you know dealing with you know haters and negativity and all that. Reminded me of some moments in my life where I felt like people were just being extremely negative and mean-spirited just for sport so it made me think about the specific story i remember this person told me one time (laughs) actually it's two things one i think i've talked about before but i'll tell the story again so for those of you who are new listeners or whatever, I am uh, an artist. I have not released, officially released music as of yet, but it's coming. Um, but I remember a producer I worked with didn't believe in me as an artist. Um, not only believed in me as a songwriter like behind the scenes and I guess the shade was he never told me that I heard it through others and I remember just being like damn so you just gonna take my money and not tell me how you feel about things because here's my thing I feel like when you're working with somebody, especially on something that's artistic, I feel like you need to be all the way in it and believe in it. Because if you don't, it just falls flat. And I think that's what has happened over the years and things and different situations I've been in. When not everybody is on board. Everybody's just looking to make them a, a quick book and keep it moving. And... I just remember being so crushed by that. Not even necessarily the opinion, but it was just kind of like the fact that it was done in such a negative way and behind my back and you smiling in my face and continuing to work with me and that sort of thing. But yet the records were coming out so like they were trash. Trash. And and I was just kind of like, it ain't me because he knows what he's doing. So, just saying, uh, 
you know, but I, I just was kind of like, man, that was kind of my first test taste of like negativity trying to enter into the industry, so to speak. And I was just kind of like, wow, you know, you hear from artists all the time about, you know, them telling them telling stories about people who didn't believe in them and that sort of thing but when it happens I'm like man it's really discouraging and there were times where I just wanted to walk away from it and be like you know what maybe this just isn't for me because this is getting on my nerves it's all of that but I'm glad that I've been able to continue on and I'm glad that I've been able to just grow and also get a thicker skin and all those things but it also reminded me of another story and it was concerning the whole artist thing as well I remember I was actually (laughs) talking to a guy who we were just getting to know each other like in the early stages and he had asked me you know, like, what are some of my hobbies or things that I like to do outside of, you know, just my regular work and blah, blah, blah. And so I told him, you know, well, I'm, I I sing and I write songs and that sort of thing. And he was just kind of like, oh, um, what kind of music do you make? Gospel? And I thought that was an odd question because it was the first time somebody had ever asked me that. And I was like, mm, no. And I was just like, why did you ask me that? And he was just like, oh, your personality. So you just seemed like you would you know, make gospel music. And so I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, no, I I do like R&B and pop music. So he was just like, well, no offense, but uh, by the way, you know, when people say no offense, it's it's already like, okay, bitch, what you got to say? And he was just like, you know, no offense, but um, I just don't ever see you being successful as an R&B artist because R&B artists it's, it's all about sex appeal and an image and a look and that sort of thing and you just don't you don't fit that I was like oh okay and I just I remember being like damn like that's something that you tell somebody that you like trying to get to know and date and whatnot like so needs to say that never really went anywhere but um it it was just interesting to me i'm like how people can just spew so much negativity on you and it's just kind of like I don't know, they, they can just do it and, and just move on like nothing's going on, like it's just nothing and I'm like, damn, I would never say that to anybody even if that's how I felt because they didn't ask you know, if you ask me something, I'll tell you but if you're not asking me, then I mind my damn business um for the most part, but I'm just kind of like wow, I just I don't, I don't understand But, you know, I've come to realize the older that I'm getting is that people are very miserable and they will do anything to keep you down because that's where they are. A lot of people who are miserable don't want you to surpass them or succeed them in any way. So they will discourage you to keep you in a certain spot. 
So, once I learned that piece, I was like, okay. So now I don't really listen to a lot of criticism and things. I just kind of do me, like, because that's all I can do. But that is my what had happened was. Um, We're going to get into my random rants when we get back. So stay tuned. So we're going to get into these random rants. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about is Tashina Arnold and Tisha Campbell. So they are hosting the Soul Train Awards. It actually premiered um, tonight. Uh, today is Sunday, November 25th, by the way. Uh, oh, and I was on time Sunday. Back on my Sunday schedule. But anyway... <laughs> Um, it came on at 8 o'clock. It's a little after 10 right now. Um, it may be still on. So I really wasn't interested really in the award show per se. Uh, but I did want to kind of see them. So I, I watched the opening and a couple little skits they've done. The opening was really crazy. I loved it. They kind of paid tribute to like some 90s records. And they like danced and sang. And it was really fun. And I, I loved them together. Um, and it just shows two things like camaraderie amongst women and support and just like true friendship like they are now 49 and 50 and they've been friends since they were 11 and 12 years old they grew up together came in the industry together have always supported each other and i just i i just love them as a as a pair they're just i think they're so dope and i watched an interview with them the other day on um this thing called Build Series, AOL Build Series. You can watch the interviews on YouTube. I told you I was a crazy YouTube fanatic. And they were talking about how they've created a production company. I think it's called TNT uh, Productions. Um, yeah, real creative. Sorry, sorry, I'm just saying. But anyway, they, um, they have a production company. And they said they're going to be producing a lot of content, working behind the scenes. And also doing some, you know, uh, in front of camera things but I, I think they're just so talented they're also coming out with a podcast they said which I'm very excited about that because I think that's going to be a very very popular um, podcast them t- they are those two they are really pure comedy so I cannot wait till that drops I will be faithfully listening you know I've been fans of them since I was a little kid uh, I love, I love both of them. Follow their careers; they've had great careers. Um, to both have been women who were a part of a very, very successful show in the '90s. To come off of that and both be a part of another successful show separately, you know, Tisha Campbell was a part of, of course, My Wife and Kids, which was a hugely successful show on ABC, and then Tashina to come off of uh, Martin, of course, and then uh, eventually doing. Everybody Hates Chris, which was uh, Smash. I just think that is so incredible. That that doesn't happen. When you're a part of a big classic sitcom, typically it's over after that when it comes to another great Smash like that. So, 
they they've done very well for themselves and i'm very proud they kept themselves up they're looking good um you know good black don't crack of course um but yeah so i'm i'm really proud of them and it was just something that i wanted to bring up like they they're so dope like i think they're everybody's friends aunties cousins something in your head everyone loves sashina arnold and and tisha campbell so another thing i want to talk about um I wanted to pose a question, I guess, to everybody. I forgot to do this as a as a poll question this week, sorry. But I wanted to know like how do y'all feel about are you able to be in in the same space as your current partner's ex and or like past fling, fuck buddies, friends of it, whatever you want to call it. So we had some interesting situations this not situations, but situation this week. Now, I told y'all about last week when I went out and I had a situation where... <laughs> uh, oh, this is my other favorite Kelly. This is probably my favorite Kelly Rowland song ever. Called Flashback on Miss Kelly album. Anyway, um, I was telling y'all last week about the whole club incident I had. If you didn't tune into that, make sure you tune into that. We basically had a little run-in with... Uh, my current partner is uh, someone who he went on a date with who got a little too close for my comfort in the club last week. So if you haven't heard that story, make sure you go check out last week's episode. Um, so this week is so funny. So this Friday, uh, me and Bay went bowling with a group of people. A group of guys that I had obviously. These are all my friends, right? Or at least associates, right? As I said before to y'all, Bay is not from here. So he actually doesn't really have like any, he doesn't have any like friends, friends here like that, right? So I was like, oh, this would be cool to kind of introduce him to a few people, blah, 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 outside of the club setting. So we go bowling. It is maybe like seven of us total. And one of the, now this I knew going into it. And I didn't have a problem with it. Um, so one of my good friends, uh, shout out to Chris. So my good friend Chris is good friends with this guy who I won't, I'll leave his name out of. But he's really good friends with this guy that my current boo went on some dates with. They have a slight history. Slight history. And... Um, me and this person also have a bit of a little something, right? Okay, so I'll break it down. So, they and this guy actually went out on some dates and connected and all of that. I, I don't think it went further than that, if I remember correctly. Um, and for me... I tried to date this person and this person was interested in dating me. Well, they were interested in me, but they felt like I was a bit of a thought. That was their perception of me. And so they were like, I don't really want to get into anything with you because I just feel like it's going to go downhill, right? So fast forward, um, you know, I'm going to commit a relationship. What are you doing? 
<laughs> okay. But anyway, so we get to the ball. Now, before we get to the bowling alley, I warn Bam, like, we'll just let you know Chris is really good friends with with this particular guy. And so, you know, he probably is going to be there. Chris told me he was bringing a certain amount of people, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be a part of that, that, that group. So... He was like, okay, cool, you know, he's, because the guy, I will say, the guy is cool people, like, love him dearly, I really do. So, um, of course, we show up to the bowling alley, and he's there. <coughs> Excuse me, so, everything's good, everything's, you know, fine, but it created this kind of weird energy with, amongst other people, because when I introduced everybody, this was basically time meeting these people, so when I introduced, well, some of them anyway, so when I introduced him to certain people, <laughs> When this particular guy already knew who it was and they kind of hugged and talked, it causes sort of like this sort of level of confusion amongst a few people. Like, wait, huh? Like, why do they know each other? So then there was a lot of whispering going on and that sort of thing. So I would just kind of let this slide. But the conclusion that me and Bay came to that was just so funny to me is that. He, um, as my baby was, he loves saying this, this phrase. He just could not take the pressure. This particular dude was so... He was doing that thing where he was trying so hard to be supportive of the situation. But yet he was still, like, bothered by it. And it just... The... the the collision of the two was just really a sight to see. Like, and he had been drinking and engaging in some in some herbal um, therapy. So we, it was just really funny. Like, he was just he couldn't take it. Like, he just couldn't take it. Like, he was he was being nice and he was you know all of that. And we we had a blast. I will say we all had a great time. But I could just tell it was just, it was so much going through his mind and it was just too much going on at one time. Like, and then he was doing that thing where he was like double, I'm calling it double dipping, where he was like flirting with the both of us because obviously, as I said, him and Bay had been on dates or whatever, and then me and him had an interest in one another. So it was just like that double attraction, and now two people that you were interested in are now together, and one you call a thought, and now you've seen that I'm in a committed relationship, so that bothered you, and then I found out that the reason why him and Bay didn't work out was because Bay ghosted him. So it's just like, oh, it was just the whole thing. And I was just like, this is so interesting how this dynamic is. Um, and of course, you know, we laughed about it, but it was just, it was a lot of those like questions of like, so how long have you guys been together? And he was trying to do like the timeline in his head. And it, I, you could just tell like his wheels were spinning. And it didn't bother me. It didn't bother Bay. And, you know, we had a good time. But I just, it, it made me wonder, like, I wonder how many people would be comfortable in a situation like that. Or if it was something more severe, like an actual, like, full-on ex or something like that. Of how could you, could you handle that? Or would you be petty? Or would you be just, like, normal and gracious? Or, like, what would it, what, what would the situation be? And then to make things worse, there was another guy that was there that I share an ex with. And we just, we have this 
weird energy we always have had around each other because I was the guy after him. And I don't know, we just have a very odd energy. And it doesn't really matter to me because I'm like, one, what does it have to do with each other? Like, we get along, so I'm like, what? The ex that we share, I don't know why that's an issue. And, and especially because there was no foul play. It wasn't like, you know, I was a side piece and then I, he got, it wasn't anything like that. And on top of everything, the, the ex in, in that we're talking about is actually, he has passed away. So it's just kind of like, you know, really, come on. But, so it was just a lot going on Friday night at the bowling alley, okay? But, you know, after a picture of a margarita and, and you know, some good time. We had a good time. We really did. Um, we didn't go to the club afterwards because we just, we couldn't handle it. Like, I was like, I'm good. They all went to the club afterwards. And then we just went on our way. I was like, I can't, I don't know what's going to happen at the club. Although I heard it was popping because, you know, it was a holiday weekend. Oh, but then a friend of mine texted me and said they ran into somebody that I was used to talk to and in the line, and I'm just I'm like, oh my god, I ugh, I would have been there, and that would have been really awkward because that particular person we we ended kind of uh, yeah. on a really uh, crazy in a crazy way. But that's a story for another time, kittens. Um, but yeah, like so it it's. It was just interesting, and I just, I want to know if y'all are in a place where y'all feel like y'all can handle something like that or or not, but, you know, let me know. Also, you know, if you have any type of, like, questions or any topics that you think I should discuss in Random Rants, make sure y'all let me know, because I definitely am willing to kind of discuss those type of things, but anyway, when we get back, it's time for a little Reading Rainbow. Ooh, this is a double whammy. This, I think this is the first time I'm doing this where I'm, I'm, it's a two-for-one read. So, stay tuned. This week's Reading Rainbow is going to two different individuals, but it's the same story. So, I don't know if you guys have heard, but basketball star, well, we're going to call him a star. Sure, we'll call him a star. Basketball star Dwight Howard has found himself in a little bit of a scandal. Um... He is being accused of a few things. So apparently, there's a guy that, he's an author. His name is Mason, I don't know how to say his last name, because I've never heard it said before. His name is Mason something, it's it's spelled E-L-I-J-E or some mess, with an apostrophe, so I'm sure it's made up. Uh, not an, you know, an accent mark. You know what I was trying to say. Um, but you know how the girls do. Um, anyway, so 
Mason is a he is an author. He he wrote a book called Industry Ho, which should let you know where where this story is leading. And uh, it's a fiction book, supposedly. And um, I think he owns like a hair company, but he's like a social media influencer. Like he has like fifty thousand followers or so on Instagram, and you know all of that. So anyway, uh, but he's one of those like a androgynous kind of guy. Like he he looks like he's transgender, but he said he he identifies as as a gay man. He's not you know transgender or whatever, right? So he is claiming that he was in a relationship with Dwight Howard. And that things ended because Dwight cheated on him with an actual transgender going to some like transgender sex party or something like that. Oh, Jesus. And um, they broke up and now Mason is kind of coming forth and talking about it, which I'm not really sure why. But anyway... He started talking about it, and he is now allegedly receiving, like, threatening calls from the White's team and, like, being um, offered, like, hush money and being threatened by (laughs) Dwight Howard's pastor. And now he's afraid for his life, allegedly. And he's talking about how it's because he didn't sign an NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement. And all this jazz, right? So I gave a real condensed story because I, I I don't want to get to you know go to your local blog and read all about it. But the reason why I am putting this in my reading rainbow is because I'm reading both. Actually, I'm reading a few things in the whole situation. One, I'm reading the blogs that are running this story with these weird captions. Uh, titles to the article. Um, I, I, first of all, stop calling the boy transgender. He's not transgender. He's a he's identifies as a gay man. He's just a feminine gay man. Okay, that's one. Um, two, I'm reading Mason, which I guess that's how you say his name. It's spelled M-A-S-I-N. Anyway, who cares? Um, I'm reading Mason because. I I am just not in the business of exposing people. Like, yes, what if what you're going through is true, it's foul, it's fucked up, it's all of that. But the fact that you're just like exposing people and trying to I don't know what you're trying to gain in that it's just whack to me. It's just whack to put someone's sexuality out there that's not ready for that. Um I just think it's whack. So, obviously, he does not live his life in the public eye as a gay man. He is an athlete, you know, which comes with quite a bit, a certain territory. Whatever his reasonings are, if this is true. Um, it, exposing people is just so whack and so play. So, I, I'm not completely on your side on that. So, that's why I'm, I'm reading him. I'm also reading The White because if this is true... It is time to kind of face the music. Now that it's put out there, you kind of just have to deal with what's put out there. Having your team harass this dude and threaten him and all of that and offer him hush money, all that, like, it's silly. The cat's out of the bag, okay? It is out of the bag. So you might as well just walk in it. 
you don't even have to address it. You can just simply continue living your life and be private and it'll all blow over. But when you start getting um, violent, allegedly, and all or threatening violence and all of that, that's when things get a little tricky. And the guy basically said that the pastor is calling him and called him a faggot and a wig. The best read, though, I will give it to Mason. He was like, I'm being called a faggot in a wig, but Dwight Howard's a 6'11 bottom. Oh, my God. Okay, so for if y'all, for those of you who don't know, a bottom is someone who um, takes the D and not gives it. And I just find it funny to me that he called him a 6'11 bottom. That I mean, that is a read, honey. Anyway... Um, but yeah, like I, it, 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 that I'm reading them him for that just whole situation. If that is true, his whole team, like first of all, like, and a part of me, I won't lie, I am fifty fifty. I do believe this to a certain degree. Um, the only thing that makes it a little shaky is that I guess apparently the guy Mason has also tried to out um, a rapper, Playboy Cardi, who I have no idea who that is. I don't know what that says, if I'm just getting old or what. But anyway, I probably know a song, though. Um, But I guess he threw that, this same accusation on him some time ago, and there was no receipts that were um, brought to the table to, to prove this So. I don't know. So it sounds like Little Mason is just like, you know, the gay version of um, Corinne Stephens, Superhead. Which is why I sort of believe the story. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Um, yeah, I just... Yeah, I, I'm I'm reading that, and I'm reading also the general public for all these nasty comments. Like the comment sections are insane. Like people will defend a black man in the most. I mean, it is just crazy the things that are saying. Like, you know, you got straight men out here who can be so goddamn stupid sometimes. They out here talking about, you know, my nigga Dwight Howard ain't gay. And I'm like, what? because he plays on a basketball court? Okay. You know, or then, you know, them talking poorly about Mason and then, you know, making all these, of course, you know, uh, derogatory comments about, you know, homosexuals and blah, 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 blah. Um, so it's just everybody's getting read all the way around. Like, let's not, okay? I just, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So when we come back, we are going to go to therapy. We got to hit the couch. This week we're talking about communication. So stay tuned. So, lay on the couch, put your feet up, it's time for a little therapy, we've had enough ratchet today, it's time to be righteous. This week we are talking about communication, and the importance of communication. So, 
The reason why I think communication is important is because it really can prevent a lot of negative situations from happening and honestly put an end to some things that just need to be put to rest. I feel like there have been a lot of misunderstandings in my life and yours, I'm sure you that have been all been a result of lack of communication. There and as simple as it sounds, people just don't do it. Um, I don't know why people just don't communicate. People have their reasons of, of why they they don't, but I think it's something that's just really necessary in any type of human interaction and relationship. I just think that without communication, it, it just opens the door for so many things to come about. And one thing I pride myself on is I'm a pretty good communicator. Um, I have my faults in it in the sense that sometimes I could just go I could just shut down and I'm like "Mm, I'm not gonna bring that up at all and it bothers me but now I've been just kind of dealing with it in real time that has not always been the best for the other person because it it makes people uncomfortable but I have to say it's necessary I'm really learning a lot about communication in my current relationship that I'm in. We communicate a lot. Um, And what I love about it, though, is that we have not really had a argument. You know, we've had some things that we didn't agree on and, and, you know, we discussed it and it can get a little sticky. It's something actually we were discussing yesterday, but I'm not going to get into that. Um... That is a it's an that is an episode in itself. But anyway, um, yeah, like I just I I think communication is just it's it's key. Um, one thing that I want to also discuss when it comes to communication is good communication versus poor communication. Um. It's it's very simple to to screw it up. Oh my my playlist ended. Oh, anyway, um, you know I think a good communicator is someone who can express how they feel about something and tell their point of view without things getting out of hand or bad tempered or violent or. You know, just overall negative experience. Um, bad communication, I think, is just either not communicating at all or communicating in a way that isn't productive to the situation. Also, I think the reason why people are afraid of communication is because of confrontation. But confrontation is not always unhealthy. There's just a, you know, there's a difference between having... Confrontation is always bad, is what I meant to say. There is there is healthy confrontation and unhealthy confrontation. 
Um, for example, I had a bit of a confrontation last night with 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 Bay, but it, I think it was healthy. Um, <laughs> it must have been because anyway, never mind. I'm not gonna get into that. We're not gonna be nasty on the couch. Anyway, uh, so yeah, like, but there's times where there is bad. Uh, not bad, unhealthy confrontation where things get way out of hand. You know, you might have to throw some hands, you know, or objects. Um, and you're being, your voice is elevated. Things are getting hostile. And I think that's why people avoid communicating because I feel like people think communication means sometimes confrontation and confrontation means, you know, something negative. So my homework for you guys this week is to I challenge you guys to communicate to communicate something that might be a little uncomfortable um and you know I it's funny I kind of partially did that today with someone in my family but um partially but yeah like I think it's important to try to communicate something. Just communicate how you feel about a situation. I challenge everybody to clear up a situation with somebody that they may not be talking to anymore and things are left unresolved. Um, you, you'll be surprised where you get with communication. Even people you've fallen out with, whatever, it doesn't mean you have to make up, but it just means you have clarity in a situation by communicating how you feel and you know where you are in your life whatever whatever the case is but communication is key and i i think more people need to to really start doing that so that's that's the session on the couch for today learn how to fucking communicate um Thank you once again for tuning in to another episode, another week with me. We are almost at 30 episodes. I cannot believe this. Um, Thank you for supporting my flaky ass. Although I was on time this week, it is Sunday. So you guys kind of got two episodes kind of smashed closer together, but that's okay. Um... I've really been enjoying these episodes. I really find like I'm finding my groove and what I want my podcast to be. So I'm I'm excited about that. Um y'all just continue to pray my strength in the Lord, okay? For this for this journey. Um I am really considering going on a on a bit of a break though, for like a a week like maybe up two to three weeks. Um, just to kind of reboot, refresh, and kind of come back strong. I am I'm really considering that, but I think I'm going to wait to maybe towards the end of the year to, to do it. Maybe to take a little time off in December and come back to y'all in the new year. I think that's what I'm going to do. But, yeah, so... Again, make sure y'all follow us on Instagram, Champagne Problems. Also, my personal page, official underscore Nico, official underscore N-I-C-H-O. Make sure, you're, uh, make sure y'all continue 
to rate and comment and subscribe and share. Um, you know, we've been doing steady, but I, I, I still want to see us grow a bit more. And um, that can't be possible without you guys. You guys are my, my day one. So I need my day ones to really kick it up for me and, and really kind of get the word out about this podcast. Um, you know, I understand. I don't know if I spoke on this before. You know, I understand that. I might have just last week. Oh, forgive me. I understand that positivity and things like that may not always be the most popular. And I would pro- I could probably be much further along if I had a show full of negativity. And if all my segments were reading Rainbow. <laughs> but um, that's just not who I am. And that's not what I'm going to do. You know, I like the balance. And so we're going to continue to be righteous and ratchet, okay? And I know there's more people out there that are, are the same way and are craving something like this. So I'm going to just continue doing me because that's all I can do. So, again, I thank y'all. I love y'all for listening. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>